Thank you. You may be seated. As you've been seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 is where we will begin this morning as we uh, continue in our sermon series that we started last week titled Lifeline, uh, Getting Help from God Through Prayer. It is our blessing, our joy and privilege to be able to communicate with God uh, in prayer on a day-by-day basis. A little girl was saying her prayers before going to bed one night, and she prayed, Dear God, please help my daddy and my mommy, my brother and my sister, my doggie and me. And oh, by the way, God, please take care of yourself, because if anything happens to you, we're in big trouble. <laughs> and the little girl was right. We are in big trouble without God. Thankfully, we don't have to live without God. Jesus sacrificed his life for us on the cross to open the way for us to live with God. We enter a relationship with God as we repent of our sins and place our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. We are saved by God's grace alone, through our faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. Paul, years ago, was writing to the believers of the church at Ephesus, and he told them, as followers of Christ, he told them, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And his words to those believers years ago in the city of Ephesus are still true for us today. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And one of our greatest blessings in Christ Jesus is prayer. We have the privilege to be able to talk with God at any time, anywhere. And we know when we pray, God hears and answers our prayers. And we know this because God has told us he hears and answers our prayers. The Lord spoke in Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. And he said, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and wondrous things that you do not know. As we keep praying... God will keep answering. As we are faithful to present our request to God, he will be more than faithful to answer our prayers. And so it's vitally important for us to understand uh, that this is our privilege, it's our responsibility, and that is to seek the Lord in prayer. I hope that you uh, started a prayer journal uh, last week. I mentioned it last Sunday in the sermon series. I was encouraging all of us and challenging us to start a prayer journal for our time in this series. As we make our way over the next couple of months through this series in prayer, I know many of you already currently have prayer journals that you keep uh, up to date, day by day, week by week. But I was hopeful and encouraging all of us to start a special uh, journal, a special list, uh, and focus on our requests while we walk through these next couple of months and any other requests we hear from others during this time period. I encourage us to write those requests down in a prayer journal uh, and begin reading over those requests, praying for those requests day by day, all throughout our day, and then watching and waiting for God to answer those prayers. And when he does, checking them off the list. I am confident Uh, that if you started that uh, prayer journal last week, you have already seen God answer some of your prayers already in this past week. I know I have, I know many of you have, and it's important for us uh, as we present our request to God to also make sure that we rejoice in God's answers uh, when he gives those answers to us, which he does faithfully day by day, week by week. 
week. And so in this sermon series, we are looking at and learning from some examples of people in God's word who devoted themselves to prayer, who saw God answer prayer, who spent time consecrated to God in prayer uh, that we might be able to learn from their examples. And the first and best example for us to look at as we started last Sunday is Jesus. Jesus prayed. Jesus often withdrew to deserted places to get alone with God the Father and pray. Prayer was a priority to Jesus, and it should be, it must be, a priority with us as well. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, and that includes us as well. So Matthew chapter 6, we'll look in verse 5, I'll begin reading. Whenever you pray, this is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you pray... Go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. And we see Jesus shared several prayer pointers in this passage. We spent considerable time on these points last Sunday, so I'm just going to highlight, hit them, and, and then we'll move forward on what he has in store for us this morning. We see several prayer pointers. One, pray daily. Jesus started by saying, whenever you pray. So when we pray, not if we pray, we're to pray daily. Second, pray sincerely. Jesus made it clear, don't pray in a way to impress others, which is going on with the Pharisees and these religious leaders. We, when we pray, we're crying out to God for help. We're talking to God. We're, we're finding, uh, taking an opportunity, making time to get with God and to talk with him and to commune with him. When we pray, it's not about trying to impress others uh, by our prayers so that they can uh, think how spiritual we are. He also said, pray specifically. Don't go on and on and on and on repeating the same words over and over and over again, ritualistically and thoughtlessly. Pray specifically. Pray thoughtfully. Speak to the Lord clearly. And then he also encouraged us to pray confidently. He said, we can pray confidently because we know God hears and answers our prayers because he's told us in his word. But Jesus said, God knows what we need before we ask. And so we can pray confidently uh, that God hears and answers our prayers. So we see many blessings that come into our lives through this discipline of prayer. Prayer helps us to depend on God. Prayer helps us to focus our mind on God. Prayer helps us to grow in our faith in God. Prayer helps us to recognize God's work in our lives. Prayer helps us to understand God's will for our lives. Prayer helps us to help others as we intercede and pray for one another. To put it simply, prayer works. Amen? Amen. Say that with me. Prayer works. Prayer works for you and for me. And though we understand this reality, and I would dare say most all of us, uh, if not every single one of us, would understand and, and acknowledge prayer works, and that we understand this truth. We understand the blessings that come through prayer. We understand the spiritual growth uh, that uh, happens in our lives as we pray. We understand these and many other blessings that we could talk about when it comes to prayer. There are times, even understanding all of these blessings and, and truths, uh, that we struggle with prayer, that we struggle in making time to pray. Now, there's 
different reasons why we struggle with prayer. Uh, Three common reasons why we struggle with prayer. One is I don't need to pray. One reason is that I don't need to pray reason. That's pride. Pride keeps us from prayer. Pride causes us to think we can handle whatever comes our way. Pride causes us to think we can handle whoever comes our way. Pride causes us to act like we don't need God's help. We don't need to stop and pray because we got it under control. We can take care of it. We can figure it out. We don't need God's help with this one. And we know what Solomon said in Proverbs 16, verse 18, pride comes before destruction and the arrogant spirit comes before a fall. So we understand clearly what what Solomon is saying is pride does not work with God. Pride does not work with God. We see it at the beginning in Genesis, and we see it all the way through to the end. Pride does not work with God. We know that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We know God hates pride. Scripture is real clear. God hates pride. And so we understand one of the reasons at times that we struggle with prayer is because we really don't think we need to pray. Uh, another uh, reason is I don't want to pray. Another reason is, is apathy. Apathy keeps us from prayer. We think to ourselves, you know what, I I don't want to pray. Uh, And we don't see God's answers to prayer at times in our lives because we simply don't pray. Maybe because we're too busy to pray, we're too discouraged to pray, uh, we're too exhausted to pray. Maybe it's because we have stopped believing God answers prayer. And so we just simply choose not to pray. And we struggle with this discipline of prayer at times because of pride, at times because of apathy. We're, we just, just don't pray. We don't believe it's worth our time. It's a waste of time. God doesn't answer our prayers anyways. So why pray? A third reason why we struggle with prayer at times is I don't know how to pray. Uh, there are times when a lack of understanding about prayer uh, can keep us from prayer. James told us, Not only you do not have because you do not ask, but James also says you pray, but you don't receive God's answers when you pray because when you pray, you're praying based on your selfish will and motives. You're you're praying for your will, your wants, your wishes. You're praying uh, for God to satisfy your desires. And we know clearly throughout God's word, God is not going to satisfy our sinful, selfish desires. He's not going to do that motives matter to God. The motives of our heart make a difference with God, and the truth is God sees and knows our hearts, so we can't fool him. Makes a difference. But there are other times when we struggle with prayer because we sincerely don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. We would like to pray more, and we try to pray, but when we try to pray, we find ourselves drifting off or we find ourselves being able to pray for just a couple of things and then we don't know what else to say. And so we get kind of discouraged and we, we stop and we sincerely don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. And the good news is God knows we need his help to pray his way. And so Jesus continued in his teaching. This teaching about prayer did not stop with verse eight. Praise the Lord. Jesus continued in this teaching. And he said in verse 9, therefore, after sharing those prayer pointers, therefore, you should pray like this. 
Therefore, you should pray like this. For those who are struggling with how to pray, for those who are struggling with what to say, for those who are new in the faith, for those who are being restored in their faith, for those who want to pray in an effective way, for those who want to understand how to pray, Jesus is telling us, therefore, you should pray like this. Jesus gave us a a model. He gave us an example he, he gave us a prayer here. It's no, commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. A model example for us to follow when it comes to prayer. Now, understand, Jesus did not share this prayer with us so that we would memorize it and just repeat it back to him over and over and over again, thoughtlessly or ritualistically, as if just repeating these words over and over again means everything's going to go and turn out okay. This prayer is not a magic formula uh, to get what we want from God. Uh, That's not what this prayer is. Jesus gave us this prayer. He taught us this prayer. He showed us this prayer as a guide to teach us to pray. Jesus gave us this prayer as a guide to encourage us to pray. Jesus gave us this prayer as a guide to help others pray. And so we can look at this prayer and we can see rich truth and amazing instruction to each of us uh, in regards to the discipline of prayer right here in these verses. So let's look at verse uh, 9. We see the first point. We're going to look at three main points about prayer uh, that we can kind of use to summarize uh, these next few verses. The first point is pray with humility. Our first point is pray with humility. Jesus said, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven. What a great way to begin to pray to our Father God in heaven. Praying to God our Father speaks to our relationship with him. When we focus in on prayer, he's helping us to understand we need to pray with humility. And we're going to look at what that means here. But praying with humility ultimately means by, at the very beginning point, understanding that when we pray, we are praying to God, our Father. He is God. We are not. We're praying to our Heavenly Father. Now, our relationship to our earthly Father can look different by a whole lot of different measures and ways. Our relationships with our earthly fathers can range from non-existent to very bad to okay, even to excellent. Our relationship with our earthly father can also include any or all of those points at different points in times in our life. And maybe you realize and understand that as you think about your relationship with the earthly father, it, it changed over time. Maybe it didn't, maybe it did. But our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, is different. God is our good, good Father. Amen? Say that with me. God is our good, good Father. I think I heard that just a few minutes ago from somewhere. God is our good, good Father. God is the definition of all the positive qualities that can exist in a relationship. 
God is our comforting father. God is our encouraging father. God is our faithful father. God is our forgiving father. God is our gracious father. God is our holy father. God is our just father. God is our loving father. God is our merciful father. God is our patient father. God is our present father. God is our trustworthy father. And we can go on and on and on. The point is this. God is our good, good father and we are loved by him. We are loved by him. And so as we pray with humility, Jesus is saying, understand when you're Beginning that communication with the Lord, there needs to be a sense of humility because we're praying to our Heavenly Father. Now, praying with humility means several different things that we see here in this uh, passage. Number one, we'll look at these real quick. Number one, praying with humility means I pray in Jesus' name. Praying with humility means I pray in Jesus' name. Therefore, you should pray like this, our Father in heaven. You and I pray, and when we pray, we pray with humility, and when we pray with humility, that means, and that looks like, we are literally praying in Jesus' name, because the only reason you or I can call God our Father is because of our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. It's the only reason that we can call God our Father. You see, the truth of Scripture tells us that we were once dead in our sins and transgressions. We were separated from God because of our sins against God, and there was nothing that we can do to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. We were literally without God, without help, and without hope in this world. God, however, lavished his love on us as he sent his son Jesus to us. Jesus came to this earth on a rescue mission to save us from our sins. Jesus went to, came to earth and he lived a perfect life. He was tempted as we're tempted on a day-by-day basis, but he never sinned. He died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary. He rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. And we are able to enter into God's family. We're able to enter into a relationship with God. We're able to receive forgiveness of our sins and become part of God's family by faith in Jesus. Therefore, I don't pray in my name. I don't pray in anyone else's name. I don't pray in Noah's name or David's name or Paul's name or Peter's name. I don't pray in any other name. When I pray, when you pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. Because it is in the name of Jesus we have access to God. In Jesus we know God. In Jesus we're forgiven by God. In Jesus we're children of God. In Jesus we can talk with God and relate with him. Through prayer on a day-by-day basis. Praying with humility means and understands that we're going to pray in Jesus' name. Praying in humility means we're going to pray from a heart of worship. He continued, Jesus said, and he said, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Or hallowed be your name. So we're praying in Jesus' name, not ours. That helps to keep us humble. We're praying from a heart of worship. Your name, God, be honored as holy. Hallowed be your name, God. Your name be honored as holy means to declare holy, to set apart as holy, to hallow as holy and separate. Your name be honored as holy means simply this. As I pray, God, I declare you are holy. God, I declare you are perfect. God, I declare that you are righteous. God, I declare that you are holy. God, there is no one like you. God, you are the name above all names. God, as I bow in prayer, I pray in Jesus' name, and I understand and realize that all I am and all I have is from you, and so I surrender all I am and all I have to you. God, I pray and I ask for your honor and your glory and your praise to be done. Father God, I pray from a heart of worship, that humility that helps us understand 
the blessing that we have of prayer. And it's, this is part of the, the base of prayer. Now, it doesn't mean every time we pray, we have to go through all these steps. Again, this is the heart of how we pray. When we pray, we're praying of a heart of humility. It means we're praying in Jesus' name. It means we're praying of a heart of worship. We understand who we're talking to. We're talking to our Father God. We understand that, and we embrace that. Uh, and as we pray, we dwell on that. The holiness of God. He knows all. This, this God that we're talking to, he's the one who said, let there be light, and there was light. He's the one who hung the moon and the sun and the stars in the sky. He's the one that we have the privilege and joy of crying out and calling him our Abba, Father. So praying with humility means we pray from a heart of worship. Praying with humility means we pray for what God wants. Praying with humility means we pray for what God wants. Jesus, look, he said, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done. What do you see there? What do you see the consistent theme there is? Your name, your kingdom, your will. Prayer. We're praying for what God wants. Our prayer is about the Lord. We're presenting our request to God. Yes. But we're praying for your name, God, to be honored. We're praying for your kingdom, God, to come. We're praying for your will to be done, God. We pray for what God wants. We pray, God, for not, not my will, not others' will, but God, your will be done. God, I want what you want because you know what's best. God, I want what you want because you uh, know and do what's best. God, I want what you want. Because you want what's best for me. And so how could I not pray according to your will, God? As pastors said, he said, the purpose of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is to get God's will done on earth. In our marriages, in our families, in our lives, in our relationships, in our decisions. God, I want your will, not mine. God, here is my heart. God, here are my thoughts. God, here is the situation. God, here is the circumstance. God, I understand you know all of this before I'm even presenting it to you, but God, I, you call me to present it to you because I need to present it to you because as I present it to you, I submit myself to you. And as I present it to you and submit myself to you, I'm watching and waiting for you to answer and to reveal your will to me. And so Father God, I'm praying with this sense of humility, just a sense of humility that, that permeates us every time we pray. No matter what the situation is, no matter where it's at, whether it's in a test right before, or whether it's in school right before a test, whether it's uh, driving and someone's just cut us off and we're praying in the name of Jesus for self-control, whatever the case may be, we understand and realize that at the core, what Jesus is saying is understand, these are some principles for prayer. At the core is this humility. It's humility. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done because your will is best. And then secondly, we see we're praying with humility in our prayers, understanding we uh, are God's kids. He's God, we're not. Life's about him, not us. Praying with humility. Second, we pray for help. We pray for help. We see in verse 11, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're to pray for help. We need God's help to live God's way. We need God's help 
to live God's way. Tell your neighbor, I need God's help to live God's way. Go. Now tell your neighbor, you need God's help to live God's way. We all need God's help. I think you enjoyed the second one more than the first one. We all, there's a little bit more emphasis on the second one. We all need God's help to live God's way. And just think about it. God has placed his Holy Spirit in us to help us live his way. God has placed his Holy Word before us to help us live his way. God has placed his Holy People around us to help us live his way. God has called us to pray because prayer helps us live his way. Prayer helps us to depend on God for the help we need. Prayer helps us to look to God for the help we need. Prayer helps us to wait on God for the help we need. Prayer focuses our attention on God, sets our mind on God, our eyes on God. It helps us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfect of our faith. Prayer blesses us in so many ways, and prayer focuses us on where we need to look for our help. As the psalmist says, I lifted my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and the earth. We're looking to the Lord. We know he is our help. Now, sometimes he gives us help through his word, through prayer, through one another. Praise God for that. But ultimately, we look for the Lord. We cry out to him with humility. We cry out to him for help. And then he shares with us, Jesus gives us uh, several ways that we are to ask God for help. Several points to ask for help. First, uh, I must pray for God's provision. He says, pray for God's provision. He says there in verse 11, give us today our daily bread. We're praying for God's provision. He's saying, ask God to meet your daily needs. That's what Jesus is saying. When you pray, pray for help. Ask God to meet your daily needs. Start there. You got a lot of them. So ask him for help for every one of them, not your daily greeds, your daily needs. Amen. Understand. There's a difference. There's a big difference. Now look at what he says. Give us today our daily bread. Focus in, if you're taking notes, us and our. We're going to do two combos here. Us and our. Give us today our. Us and our indicates and highlights this, that we are to pray each day for our daily needs, but for the daily needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Us and our. Us and our. We're family. We do this together. We pray for our requests and needs, but we pray for one another's requests and needs. So we're praying for one another. It's a, it's a privilege for us to pray with and for one another. That's one of the reasons why we have a response time at the end of the service. It's one of the reasons we want to respond to the Lord. And one of the great ways God asks us to respond is through prayer. We shouldn't be shy. We shouldn't be bashful. Not only praying for our needs, and there are times where we come, and there are times where, whether you kneel in your seat, whether you stand where you're seated, whether you sit where you're seated, or whether you come and kneel at the altar, uh, where we get to the Lord and we pray for our needs and our requests. But there are other times where we go and we pray for the needs and requests of others. Us and our. It's both. But then he also says, look, give us today our daily bread. Today and daily. Today and daily. So we see the the second combo here. That means and speaks and highlights our need to pray today, all day, every day for our needs, our daily needs, and the daily needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So we need to be praying each day, all throughout the day, not only for our needs as we go about our day, ministering to the congregation God's placed around us, but we also need to spend time praying for one another and the daily needs we know one another has as you and I go in all of our different congregations ministering uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means we need to be connected. We need to know one another because if we know one another, we know what's going on with one another, we know what God is doing with one another, then we're able to pray for one another's needs. 
And so it's vitally important for us to pray for God's provision. Now the good news is, the exciting news is, God has promised in his word to meet our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So when we pray for one another's needs, we know this is a prayer that God's already said, I'll answer. I will meet your needs according to my glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God, God is telling us, if you'll pray this prayer, I'll answer this prayer for you. If you look just in Matthew 7, look over to Matthew 7. You may not even have to turn a page in your scriptures. If you do, it's probably the only one. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 9. Jesus said this, What man among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Well, that'd be wrong, wouldn't it? Wow. If you then, who are evil... Know how to, good, to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Wow. I mean, you talk about bringing home for real Jesus. Wow. Jesus is helping us understand he is the greatest giver ever. He loves to give. He will meet our needs our God is a generous God he will meet our needs if we who are sinners saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus love our children and if we know how to give good gifts to our children how to give good gifts to one another how much more then does a perfect and holy and awesome God who owns everything the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills as well how much more will he give us the needs that we cry out to him for? How much more does he know how to give good gifts to us? It's not even close. Which, it's a different sermon, a different series, but it goes back to the point of the one area in God's word where God tells us to test him is the area in giving. Why does God want us to test him in the area of giving? Because God wants to fulfill this passage why did he say test me in this area and see if i don't bless you well jesus is telling us why because he's a good good father and he knows how to give good gifts not only does he know how he wants to he loves it because he's a generous god so we pray for god's provision second form of help we need to pray for is god's pardon we pray for god's pardon he says and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors as Christ followers, we need to ask God for his forgiveness when we sin against him. When we choose to live our way instead of God's way, when we give in to that temptation instead of turning away from that temptation, instead of taking God's escape route out, we give in to that temptation. We need to ask God to forgive us uh, our sins when we live our way instead of his way. And we know, thankfully, God has placed his Holy Spirit in our lives. And one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sin. And the truth of the matter is, God wants uh, us to be convicted of our sin. God convicts us of our sin because he loves us. Understand, when God convicts you and he convicts me of the sin in our lives, the reason for that is because he loves us. And he wants us to confess our sins to him because he wants to forgive us. And he wants to restore our fellowship with him because sin breaks our fellowship with God. And so he wants to forgive us and restore our fellowship with him, and then he wants to continue his work of transforming us into the image of Christ. He wants to continue his work in and through our lives. And so we understand that it's not only important for us to pray for God's provision, it's important for us to pray for God's pardon day by day. 
if we confess our sins, this is why John said, if we confess our sins, God is faithful. He's just. He'll forgive us of our sins and purify us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God forgives us and cleanses us of all of our unrighteousness. And so it's vitally important that we, on a regular daily basis, listen to the Holy Spirit of God. And when the Holy Spirit begins to convict us, and he does immediately, when we think or say or do something is unpleasing to God, then we need to quickly go to God and, and confess that sin. Remember, 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 we never win living in sin. We never win living in sin. No matter how good the bait may look, there's always a hook. No matter how good that bait may look, Satan's always got a hook that will catch us because he wants to destroy us. Just a quick note, as we see in this prayer for God's pardon, beware of being a Christ follower and beware of Christ followers who are living in sin and who refuse to confess their sin to God. Beware of being a Christ follower or beware of Christ followers who are actively saying, you know what? I'm doing what makes me happy. I'm being me. And you're not supposed to judge me. You're not supposed to tell me what to do because I'm happy. And that's what's most important. Beware of being a Christ follower or those Christ followers who will even go so far, and I've heard it before, as saying, yeah, I I know I'm living in sin, but hey, listen, at least I'm not being fake or a hypocrite about it. As if boldly living in sin is okay to God. As if hiding our sin and trying to be a hypocrite is worse than boldly sinning against God and living in rebellion against him. Makes absolutely no sense. That's what sin does. It makes us senseless. You know, that sin makes us spiritually senseless. Beware. As Christ followers, living in sin, refusing to confess the sin in our lives, refusing to live the way God wants us to live, saying, God, I'm going to give you this area, but I'm not going to give you those areas. Breaks our fellowship with God. Number one, Peter told us that we're to be holy because the one who called us is holy, so we're to be holy in all we do. Peter said we're not supposed to, as followers of Jesus Christ, live in the ignorance of our former way of life. But instead, we're to walk in obedience to the Father. Living in sin for a Christ follower is living in ignorance. As if we were living the way we were before we came to Christ. Because you see, we've put on the new man, the new woman in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. So living in sin breaks our fellowship with God. Living in sin hurts our walk with God. John told us, 1 John chapter 2, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. Well, Jesus didn't walk in sin. Jesus didn't teach and preach that it's okay to just make sure you got 60% of your life given to God and the other 40% are cool. Living in sin as a Christ follower hurts our witness for God. We know that clearly. 
Jesus told us, let your light shine before men so they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Uh, when we're living in sin as a follower of Jesus Christ, they're seeing the flesh come out, not the light of Christ. Scripture is real clear that as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to live in such a way as to not cause others to stumble in their faith in Jesus. We're to live in such a way as to not cause others to stumble from coming to faith in Jesus. When we as Christ followers are living more like the world than we are the Word, well, we're violating that. We're violating that all over the place. We're causing others to stumble. We're keeping others from growing closer to the Lord because of what God wants for us and how God wants to use us. We're, we're saying, no, God, we're going to do our thing. We know living in sin as a follower of Christ hurts our worship of God. Truth be told, it shuts it down. Jesus said the Father is looking for worshipers who worship him in spirit and truth. <laughs> when we're living in sin, we're not seeking to surrender all of ourselves to the Lord. And there's areas of unconfessed. I'm talking about living in sin consciously, intentionally. Areas in our lives that we know we're living in sin, that we know we're not doing what God wants us to do, and we're not confessing that. We're living in it. We're actually embracing it and trying to excuse it, defend it. Jesus said, the Father is looking for worshipers who worship him in spirit and truth, who worship him as we walk in in the spirit, uh, according to the truth of God's word. And that's violated. And so when we sing or serve, that's not pleasing to the Lord. As if God's going to be okay with our attitude about me, 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 and receive that worship. That's going against what Scripture says. We also know and when we're living in sin as followers of Jesus Christ, it shuts down our lifeline to God. The psalmist said in Psalm 66, if I were to cherish sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to my prayer. That's scary. That's scary. So when we, as Christ followers, are allowing that sin to reside inside our lives, and we know that God's convicting us, and we know we need to change, but we just, we're not ready to do that because we're too much about me and not about the Lord, then when we continue to act as if we're praying or worshiping or walking with God, we're not. It's an act. And so we understand and realize at that moment what God wants to hear, the prayer that God wants most to hear is a prayer of confession. Forgive me. Prayer of brokenness. And so we now understand a little bit more why Paul said that Holy Spirit inspired Paul to say in Galatians chapter 6, brothers, if someone, if you know someone has wandered away, if you know a brother or sister in Christ has wandered away and given into temptation and they're, they're living in sin, you who are spiritual, you who are walking in the Spirit, you who uh, are walking with the Lord, you must go to them. And you must, with gentleness and respect and love, you must speak to them and restore them gently. Hold them accountable. Communicate with them which, oh, by the way, requires judging. And, and, oh, by the way, a separate sermon, judging is biblical. And we are called as brothers and sisters in Christ to judge one another. That is biblical. We can't fulfill the one another's in Scripture if we don't judge one another biblically the way God calls us to judge one another, which means making sure that if someone's wandering, we understand that, we realize that, we see that, so that we can go and rescue them because they need to be rescued. And we hope and pray that if that's us, somebody's going to come and rescue us as well. And we know that Paul also said, and by the way, when you go to rescue, be careful. 
Keep your heads up. Keep your eyes open so that you don't fall into that same trap that they've fallen into. So that when you go to rescue, they don't grab a hold of you and take you down with them. And so we see how important this pardon of God is, God's forgiveness. And we also know that Jesus makes it clear here that we're to seek God's forgiveness. He said that we are to ask, forgive us our debts as we have also, look at that part, the second part, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And so what Jesus is telling us is when we seek God's forgiveness, we must show our forgiveness. When we seek God's forgiveness of our daily sins, we must have already shown our forgiveness to others. We see in in verses 14 and 15 of this chapter uh, that Jesus says, hey, listen, if you're not willing to forgive others their sin against you, when others offend you or sin against you, if you don't forgive them their sins, then God, uh, your heavenly father is not going to forgive you of your daily sins. It makes no sense for us to refuse to give to others what we so desperately need from God. And God sees and knows the motives of our heart. And he says, hey, listen, as you are seeking my forgiveness, show your forgiveness. Show it as you seek it. And so we know because we need forgiveness, we must forgive. And the beautiful thing about forgiveness, there's many beautiful things about forgiveness. One of the main beautiful things about forgiveness is resentment and bitterness. We're able to keep resentment and bitterness away from us as we forgive others. When we forgive, that keeps resentment and bitterness from finding a home in our lives which just multiplies the sin and uh, the havoc that our enemy wants to do in and through our lives. And so we see real clearly that we need to pray for help. We're praying with humility. He's our father. We go to him. We know that we pray in Jesus' name because that's the only way we can get to him is through Jesus. And we're praying for help. God, I need your uh, provision for my daily needs. I need your forgiveness of my daily sins. And then we also need to pray for God's protection. It says to pray for God's protection. He says there, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we're praying for protection. Why do we need to pray for God's protection? We need to pray for God's protection. We need to pray for his strength. We need to pray for God's protection for many reasons. Number one, we need to pray for God's protection because we live in a fallen, sinful world. And the days are evil. As Paul said, make sure that you make the most of the day. Make sure you make the most of the opportunities because the days are evil. Understand what the Lord's will is. And then do it. And so we need to understand that we need God's protection. We need his strength, his help, his truth, his wisdom, not to lead us into temptation. We need his protection to keep us from sin. Why? Because we live in a fallen, sinful world. And everywhere we look, we see the enemy's billboards of temptation flashing over and over and over and over again to us. Everywhere we click, every button we press, there's that temptation that the enemy's trying to take us down with him. And so we need his protection. We need his protection because spiritual warfare is real. We have an enemy. We have an opponent. And it's not your husband or your wife. It's not your coworkers. It's not your children. It's not your classmates. We have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. And he will take us out. He loves to lure us away. He loves to take us away from God, his word, and his people. He loves to isolate us. We need God's protection so that we don't give in to the temptation to get isolated. We need to have that protection of the Lord and his wisdom and strength so we don't make the mistake of thinking our battle is against someone else. So that we understand and realize that our battle is against our enemy and we stay focused on the Lord. We need God's protection because we are weak and prone to wander into sin. Every one of us, we're weak and we're prone to wander away from God into sin. This is what Paul said. He said, the things I want to do, I don't. The things I do want to do, I I don't do. The things I I want to do, I don't. What a wretched man I am. 
He understood his weakness. Peter understood his weakness. He said, boy, to abstain from sinful desires, which rage, which war inside us. We can't do that on our own. We don't have a chance. We need God's protection so that we can stay focused and faithful to the Lord. We need God's protection because the truth of the matter is others are counting on us. I want you to understand, and this speaks to the need for God's pardon, and this speaks to uh, our need to embrace uh, God's call in our lives as ministers to the congregations he's placed around us. Understand and realize we need God's protection. We need to pray for God's daily needs, his help to meet our needs. We need to pray for God's help to forgive us of our day-to-day sins. We need to pray for God's help uh, to protect us from our, our enemy and from the spiritual warfare that is raging around us. Why? Because others are counting on us. There's folks in our congregations. Your congregation is made up of all the folks that God places around you all throughout the week. There are people in your congregation that do not know Jesus Christ. They don't even realize they're counting on you yet. They don't even realize they're depending on you yet. They don't even know why you've got who you've got and the difference Jesus makes in your life. But they know and they understand they don't have Jesus. They're not connected to Jesus. They've not surrendered their life to Jesus. And God Almighty God loves them. And he's placed them in your congregation. He's placed them around you in your workplace, in your classroom, in your neighborhood, in your family. He has specifically placed them on your path in your congregation because God wants you to be the one that he works in and through to help that person see Jesus, to help that person see the light of Christ shining through you so that he might draw them closer to Jesus through you. Think about it yourself. Every one of us, when we we've prayed to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, chances are God used somebody. Chances are he used a lot of somebodies. We may have known them well, we may not have known them well, but there's no doubt in my mind that in all of our salvation stories, in all of the miracle stories that God has shared with us as he he drew us to him, there were somebodies that we knew that we didn't realize we were counting on, but we were counting on them. We were depending on them. And they were faithful to their call from God to walk as children of light in the Lord. And because of how we saw God at work in and through their lives, because of what we heard coming through their mouths, it sparked in us something helped us realize, man, want that I want to be like her I want to be like him I want to be able to do what they do I want people to live how they live they're confident they're they're secure what do they got let your light shine in such a way that others see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Listen, I cannot handle that responsibility myself. And you can't either. Praise God he doesn't ask us to. He said, pray for help. God, help me. Take your escape route out of temptation. Help me, God, to walk as 
a child of light in the Lord. God, help me. Give me the strength and the protection to say no to sin and yes to the Savior. And God, help me to be that light so that those you place around me can see and hear the difference that you're making in me so that they may draw closer to Christ. Remember, God tests our faith to grow us in our faith. Satan tempts us to destroy our faith. And Satan's temptations oftentimes come during God's testings. God is testing us in our faith. He's asking us to trust him, to wait on him, to believe in him, to worship him, to walk by faith in him, even though we don't understand what's happening, what's going on, and we don't like what's happened. It's a test. He's asking us to just hang on. And it's in those times of testing that Satan comes and he tries to pull us away from the Lord, tries to get us to get angry, to get upset, to turn away from the Lord. And we need God's protection all throughout our day. We need God's protection in those times of testing so that we're not led away into temptation, so that we can faithfully walk with God and worship God and wait on God as he grows us through that time of testing so that we can be more effective as we come out of that time of testing. Because the truth of the matter is, when we are going through those times of testing, understand and realize there's people watching. They're watching and they're observing. We don't even know it, but they're watching to see, is it real? Is it real? Is God really going to move in their life? Which is why we need to pray. And it's why we need to pray. And it's why we need to pray for his protection. Because then when God comes through and he answers those prayers, that's when we rejoice. So that everyone will know it's not because of us. It's not because of some coincidence. It's because of our almighty God who hears and answers prayer. Is at work in our lives. And so we see this third point is real simple. We pray with hope. We pray with hope that God hears and answers our prayers. And we can pray with hope because God has assured us in his word that we can pray with hope. The words of John We'll end with 1 John 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence we have before him, before God. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now follow John here, follow him. Whenever we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. So when we pray for God's will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, well, he just told us he does. If we're asking for God's will to be done, he hears us. He told us that. So if we know that he hears whatever we ask, which we know he does, we then also know, not only do we know he hears our prayers, but we know that we have what we asked him for. We know he hears and we know he answers. Here's the point. When we pray for God's will to be done in our lives, marriages, families, relationships, work, school, whatever the case may be, God hears and answers that prayer because God's will is best for us and those he places around us. And we can pray with humility and we can pray for help and we can pray with hope that God hears and answers our prayers. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Worship you.